1: The three appearances of Christ that are mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 9 provide for us real comfort and encouragement, as we'll see next on Truth For Today. Jesus pays a price I can't pay for my sin. He then intercedes on my behalf in ways I never could. And he will also show up to bring me home one day. These are the three appearances of Jesus that we're looking at here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. We invite you to join us there as we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, for a look at today's message called The Three Appearances of Jesus. With this edition of Truth For Today... From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, once again, here's Pastor Phil.
2: You've got Christ there, intercepts satanic accusation against you, and Romans 8 says, how can the one interceding for you fall in with the devil's accusation against you? I'm here to defend them, not that they didn't do it, but that I paid for it. He's not saying, oh, they didn't do it. They're nearly perfect. No, they, No, that's why I died. I didn't die for their good traits. I died for their sins. And, and I'm ever living, according to 1 John, the blood of Christ is continually cleansing us. I had a man today talk to me. He said, what do you do about uh, sinful dreams? I said, I would confess it to the Lord and let the blood of Christ begin to scrub out your subconscious." Have you ever had a dream, you did something in there that you never did in your life, and you thought, who in the world came up with that? You you ought to confess that to the the Lord. Hopefully, a seed wasn't planted that you do. Scrub it out. The blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. Have you ever had a cleansing bath? My mother would come and examine me, the baby. Did you wash your hair? Yeah, I'm in there playing the boat, little kid now. Anybody ever had your hair washed with a bar of soap? This is before Palmolive, children's soap. Stop it, stop it, Mom. I'm going to be bald. But you'll be clean. She knew how to cleanse you. But Jesus is living right now, right now before God the Father. You don't know this. You may not believe it. You're clean. You're accepted. You got heaven made. Did you know that? If you've accepted his violent death for your sins. And that he's a living savior. You got it made. Don't don't get haughty about it. You got it made though. We're not going to heaven on probation. I'm going to heaven on the sure promise. I took care of it. I'll get you there. I'll get you there. Even you can make it. Even you. Even you. Because of what he did and what he is doing, so he's my advocate. He actually defends me when I'm wrong. Once again, he doesn't say they didn't do it. He's a nice boy. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Said, "Oh, yeah, yeah. We see that. Got you covered." See the word when you read Kafir. When you say Yom Kippur, that word Kippur in Hebrew comes from the verb kafir, which means to cover. The Passover lamb covered. Blood covered. And what Christ tells his people, I've got you covered. And I'm the covering. I'm the covering. I tell you, I was talking with a bunch of relatives yesterday and we were talking about how hard it was starting out in the Christian life in the circles we grew up with, because all the rules, all the standards, and I thought, boy, it's one reason I held out. I knew I couldn't live that way. I knew I couldn't keep all those rules, all of that, because it wasn't clear to me he would keep me without a rule, just the cross, just salvation by grace through faith. Well, He is now up there appearing before God for you. That's a second appearance. And then he goes on to say, just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. That's the norm. You die, and then you get judged. Let me ask you this. Do Christians get judged for their sins after they die? What about this side? They got it. Are you going to go to judgment for your sins after you die? Why not? How many times does the state of California make you pay for the fine? I mean, the same, same offense now. I'm not talking about the second one. No. How many times do you have to pay? God doesn't demand double payment for the same crime. You, either the cross paid for it, or you pay for it. And people that won't accept the cross go to hell. And hell, you never pay it off. That's why it's eternal. You can accept what Christ did in six hours and get eternal life. You can reject it and say, I'll trust myself and get hell forever. It's to choose between life and death. So he's doing that. And then he goes on to say... We're not necessarily facing judgment. Oh, judgment seat of Christ for my works, but not me. I'm, I'm in the beloved. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, third appearance, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Now notice the first coming. He's appeared in verse 26. Watch for all at the end of the ages. Verse 24, he is now appearing. Verse 28, he will appear a second time. I've got some charts that just try to illustrate something that when you talk about secular history, I think of what all is going in our country in the perilous times. Things are getting worse and worse, and we know that. And I've tried to blow off steam for two weeks. And now I've got to settle down and keep doing what we've been doing. Preaching the word. Relying on the spirit. And keep meeting with God's people. And uh, let the Supreme Court uh, further corrupt and destroy the nation. And who knows the next set of politicians what they're going to do. God knows I'm no politician. I haven't found many I can trust. Maybe Trump's going to get it. I don't know. Uh, It's on the cover of Time Magazine. We'll see. Can we bring up that chart on uh, three appearances of Christ? uh, Let's see. Yeah. Here, his first appearance, he's already appeared, took care of sin, the cross. Okay. Now appearing. He is appearing, interceding. He will come again. The next appearance. Now, here's something that's interesting. History for the secular mind. It goes this way. And the Ecclesiastes does this. History is this way. Bring up that history line. Okay, there we go. Where is history taking us? Secular history says we're just going in circles. The only way we're not going in circles is technology. We keep inventing. But basically, we're repeating nations rise, nations fall. But history is just circular. And Ecclesiastes, what has been, will be. Everything is as it was from the beginning. And so, and when you live in a secular world, and let's say, let's go to philosophy class. Where are we headed? Secular history class. Philosophy department. Where would you predict where we're going? We're headed for either nothingness and that's relief when you don't believe in God and when you see what a mess the world's in to be, turn into nothing is kind of a relief I guess you've got some doomsdayers out there that would say you know well for sure the arctic is melting we're going to you know, all be flooded any moment let's see hey the owl's endangered we're about to have an owlless world Keep killing humans, but we've got to spare these owls. We know. We've got them in this building. Man, I want somebody that's a good marksman. But you don't. You can't. <laughs> delete that. Delete it. They asked that one fellow that killed an eagle, and they were arresting him. He said, well, you, you broke the law. I want to ask you one thing. What did it taste like? The guy said, the only thing I can compare it to is the California condor. Or condor. So it's the only thing I know it tastes like. You're, you're so dull. It was brilliant if I told it right. But anyway, what's that got to do with the sermon? I don't know. Hey, put a chart, put it back up. I've lost my way. Uh, well, I wasn't ready for that. Hey, go, go back to secular but confused. Sacred history is a history of events. Because the prophetic word. Second Peter 3 says they even denied there was a flood. But there was a flood. You can fly over the uh, Rocky Mountains and still find seashells up there at 10,000 feet. That's a mighty high local flood. There's, a, there's events. The birth of Christ. The death of Christ his resurrection, and then it projects out in the future. Now we'll pick up where we think history is going. Okay, Old Testament, these events. Now, Christ appears. Did he appear? Well, that your religion is... Anybody know historical studies? You know, when you've got a guy in Iran that says the Holocaust didn't happen, you can revise anything. But history says a guy showed up in Palestine by the name of Jesus, and even the secular writers of the day, the Roman writers, we have a record. We got Josephus, an unsaved Jew. We've got the record. Jesus showed up. You may not believe in him. You don't buy the sacred. Well, I want to know do you buy historic evidence? We had 500 people who died martyrs' death, saying, we knew the man. This isn't just, we made it up. But, as we see history, it's headed, and we understand the coming of Christ to be in two parts. Because we take First Thessalonians, he's going to catch the church away. And, but usually when you hear the word second coming... It's usually he's coming to the earth again. There's a contrast between the two events. Those who don't believe in it, they make them both the same event. But in the rapture, he comes for the church in the air. Uh, In the second advent, he comes with his church back to the earth. He comes back to end Armageddon. And so the rapture was a mystery. Isaiah didn't know about it. Zechariah, did, they knew about the second coming. They wrote it in their writings. Old Testament knew he's coming again; they said it. But behold, I show you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, we shall not all die, but some of us shall be translated in the moment, in the quen- twinkling of an eye. We shall be called up. To That's a mystery. Now the Old Testament knew it, so we believe that mystery. New Testament truth is a church truth. So we see the next thing on God's calendar is the catching away of the church, any moment, any day, any time. It's a signless event. Sometimes people will read Matthew twenty four and say, "Ooh, this has got to happen. That's got to... nothing happens for the rapture. We're just waiting for one thing. Do, 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 do. That's called the trumpet of the Lord. Come up. It's going to blow it." come up and we think the scriptures describe revelation 6 through 19 a period of great tribulation we see it coming on the earth and here's a phrase i just can't give a big prophecy course he uses the phrase in first thessalonians 5 the day of the lord he said you've not been appointed unto the day of the lord you know nothing about the old testament do you figure out what the day of the lord means day of the Lord, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 13, Zephaniah, the book of Joel. It's a day of woe. It's a day of sorrow. Jeremiah said it's a time of Jacob's trouble. It's all about the nations and Israel. And during that seven-year period, he's going to fulfill the last week of Daniel. He's going to judge the nations who hate him, are trying to liquidate Israel, and he's going to put them through hell on the earth. He's going to preserve 144,000 Jews, hide them, use them. They'll flee the mark of the beast. They'll fly this Antichrist that will be unleashed on the earth. And at the end, he comes riding with the armies from heaven, Revelation 19, with his saints, us, will come back See, those who don't see that distinction have us going up and coming right back. We, we don't understand it that way. He's going to come for his church, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52. Then this wrath, 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, and 10, he's not appointed us unto wrath. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, not appointed to wrath. Revelation three ten. I will deliver you from the hour of tribulation. The church has never been exempt from suffering. They've been killing us for 2,000 years. So some people say, you're a Twinkie. You don't believe in the tribulation. You think you're... No, 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 no. I'm just not an object of divine wrath. Amen. Right. Amen. If you think you are, go ahead. Have a good time. I've been exempted. Well, how do you get exempt? The day of the Lord wasn't written for the church. It's Israel. The future... The nations. I'm going to the day of Christ. And the day of Christ is up there. Not on the earth. And so, guess what? No matter how bad it gets on the earth. No matter how bad. Us folks that have some kind of prophetic outline out there. Even if you think you're going through the trip. You at least know where we're headed. There's a sense. And I grew up with it. Because my dad. Surviving the World War II, living in the Bay Area, all the love prophecy. Us kids heard it all the time, didn't know it, didn't understand it, whatever. But there's always a sense, something's coming. Something's coming. Something's coming. God's in control of history. History's going somewhere. There's going to be a rendezvous. Christ is coming again. Christ is coming again. Christ is coming again. Christ is coming again. He is coming again. He is coming again. I remember when I was in seminary, I had a prof that on his desk, it simply said, perhaps today. That's all it said. Perhaps today. When will he come? And what Jesus keeps saying is, will you be expecting it? And notice that he will appear to those waiting for him. And the word, it's a strong word. It's used in Romans 8 of standing on tiptoes like that. That you you just you're waiting. Imagine, what are we called in Scripture? Are we called the bride of Christ or the wife? The bride. bride. I say that because the bride is looking forward to the wedding day. Wife. She remembers the wedding day. I just heard of a man that celebrated his 50th anniversary. And uh, someone asked him, said, what did you do for your first anniversary? He said, I took my wife to China. I said, well, what did you do for the 50th? He said, I went back and picked her up. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you got to have a sense of history. You got to have a, so, I just lost you, forget. Uh, so forgive me Lord I don't know what I'm doing here anyway you got a sense of where we're going hopefully and don't go to China just just. now how many of you have this map in your head at all I mean how many have grown up with it see a lot of you didn't might be brand new to you and For me, and I think for those of us who have, this is called the blessed hope. That no matter how bad it gets, how dark it gets, there's, he said in Peter, the prophetic word shines like a lamp in a dark place. No matter, I got this, you know, that's why so many kids were saved under Hal Lindsey in the 60s. He gave them hope. I mean, come on, Timothy Leary gave us LSD. Bobby Dylan gave us "Blowing in the Wind," and get lit. We tried sex, booze, and Altamont. Hate Ashbury. Said, "Is this it? Is this it? Is this all there is?" Yeah, that is. If you don't know God, the next thing is hell. And a guy comes along and says, let me tell you what God's chart is. You can know Christ, and he's coming any moment, and you'll go to be with him. There is a sense of future. Don't trust Henry Kissinger. Don't trust the UN. Don't trust politics. This politician died on a cross and is going to be the king in the future. And this is where the world is going. It gives you hope on the darkest day. Blow up the place if they want. We're going home. Oh, is that an escape? Oh, he said, Well, you've got an escape mentality. Friend, I'm living in the meantime. I'm paying bills. I'm visiting people dying of cancer. I'm burying loved ones. Oh, no, I'm not escaping. I'm living with all the stuff people live with, getting old, burying loved ones. See, if you haven't buried anyone lately, keep living. You're going to. You're going to bury your parents. Will you have any hope at the cemetery? Will you see them again? I'm going to see him, and I'm going to sing the old southern song. We grew up. I'll meet you in the morning by the bright riverside, side. Next down by the tree of life. Daddy, I'll see you. Mom, I will. I ain't making this up. I will. You need hope, young man, young lady. You that are here just as our guests and don't know Christ, you need to know you can have a future that will be blessed. Blessed, blessed eternally with God. If you'll first of all accept his first coming. You've got to accept the first coming. His death for your sins. And then you'll get a full-time prayer warrior interceding for you. And you've got someone coming. Someone's coming. I tell you, I'm looking for him to come. Come, Lord Jesus. I had some friends, Damer Moses, and they were in town the other night. And they said, we'll be by. It's torture. They wouldn't give it time. I had to clean the house or something. It was already clean that day. But it is something when you keep. So I just sat in the front row waiting for the car to pull up. But what was really torturous, my mother had a mom that raised 10 kids and was immaculate. Raised him on a dirt floor in the hills of Oklahoma when her husband died. Immaculate. Sometimes he said, "Girl, I'm coming up to see you." Every day, us kids had to make the bed. Every day we had to. Said, "Man, why does he just say I'm coming on Friday? We'd only get it clean one day." But we said, "Any day, I'll be there. Any day." And Jesus said, "I'm coming any day. Will you be looking? Will you be ready?" Do you know him? If you know him, you've got a future outline for you. Don't let this world rob you of the blessed hope. I am the bride of Christ. And oh, Lord Jesus, I can't wait to see you. And I love the old hymn, The Sands of Time Are Sinking. He said, The bride does not look on her robe, but she looks upon her bridegroom's face. And she is longing for the day she dwells in Emmanuel land. Because the sands of time are sinking. Have you taken Christ as your Savior? Are you a child of God that the anxieties of the age and Fox News is making a wreck out of you? Are you saying, Jesus, I'm trusting you. You're my politician. I can trust you because you died for me.
1: 9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, there at truthfortodayradio.org.